0: One of the great postseason pitchers of all time. You're hearing him during the uh, playoffs. John, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Nice to have you with us. Uh, I know you have a couple of minutes. So, uh, uh, First of all, I was just talking to Mike Stanton about this because he follows the Astros. You surprised McCullers is pitching this game?
1: Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I was surprised only because maybe the lack of use that stretch from him. But he really does match up better from a standpoint of a guy... You know, being a starter, knows his routine, spins the baseball extremely well, has good success or has had good success against the Yankees. It's just all signs were pointing towards Peacock. So that's why I think more people were surprised that Peacock didn't get the start, but he'll be used today alongside of McCullers. And this is truly going to be more of a bullpen game,
0: uh, for the Astros. He can't go more than five, I would think. He hasn't pitched no. with any length in a while. Why do you think he was out throwing last night, and how surprised are you to see a guy throwing last night in a cold stadium around midnight when he's going to pitch the next day?
1: I think it was part of to get him loose and ready and get his arm because, uh, I guess, available out of the pen was still an option, and they had made their decision late. Uh, so routines are, are important to starters, no doubt. And this is different, so you make yourself, uh, you kind of like last minute, get yourself ready to do the things you need to do.
0: John, let me ask you about the next couple of days, because this series is starting to look to me like, uh, and I think the Yanks will have a good chance today. They've got a better pen. I think they can win that kind of bullpen game. If this comes down to the 2-2 series and the classic matchups, especially tomorrow and then game six, uh, you are you pitched on the same level as these guys that we've watched pitch in this series, Keichel and, and Verlander. When you've done and pitched well in the first game, does the pitcher have to adjust when he's been as dominant as a Keichel was or a Verlander were in their first start?
1: No, not really. Um, the, the blueprint for success has not changed against the Yankees, and that is if you make your pitches with breaking balls and sliders, you will have a better chance to be successful. If you don't, you're going to get beat up. The blueprint's the same. You don't deviate from it. And it was interesting last night, as I was calling the game, it just screamed for a curveball against Will Harris. And for whatever reason, Will... Why would he not throw it there?
0: I was shocked he threw a fastball. I was in the stadium, and when I watched the highlight, I could not believe it. I went inside under the stadium after that inning and saw a highlight of the play. And I said, my God, I couldn't believe he threw a fastball.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes you, you you can have the game speed up on you, and you, when it slows down, it's an easier decision. And those are the things and those are the moments in the postseason that you never know um, you're going to get. That's what makes the postseason so intriguing and sometimes frustrating at the same time. So I think hindsight, you know, you look back and you go, I was trying to expose an area that had a small window of success, if you're Harris, and that small window... He didn't get it to so credit judge and being able to be ready for the moment
0: you know you were in a series uh in 96 where you blew the yankees out the first two games uh and then you went to atlanta and the yankees made it 2-2 and then you and andy played uh pitched in one of the greatest games i've ever seen uh both you pitch uh in a game five a classic matchup the kind of which like we could get tomorrow with tanaka and Keikel. Uh, when you get in that kind of game, what is the pitcher's mindset when you're in that kind of 2-2 matchup tomorrow since you've been there?
1: Yeah, it's amazing because you never want to make a mistake. You want to try to let the other team crack first, right? You you don't really pitch against the other pitcher, but you really kind of do because you know the other pitcher is not going to make it easy for you or give you much. And so one, I think the hardest thing to do actually is when you're in these kind of games, and I was fortunate enough to be in a lot of them, if you get runs early, it can kind of mess you up. Really? And you wouldn't think that's the case because you're so prepared for a 0-0 game through seven that once you get that lead, and I know it happened to me in game seven against the Pirates, against Smiley, we got an early 3-0 lead, and it's the first time I felt a little nervous because all of a sudden in game seven you don't prepare to have the lead to where you know it's mine and mine to lose. So, Sometimes you gotta be prepared for both of those, but it is, it is an awesome feeling to go to the park knowing you're gonna be in a battle, your team's counting on you, and you just tell them basically indirectly, get on my back. And, uh, I know that doesn't happen as much today, because you come to the park as a starting pitcher and go, I just really need to get to the lineup, to, to the lineup twice.
0: You know, uh, Keichel's had success here. He beat the Yankees in a, in a wild-card game here, and the Yankees didn't hit a hard ball all night. They hit one hard ball. a hit a ball at right field. I was here. They didn't hit a hard ball the whole game. He really does own them, and, you know, I'm looking to that game because I, I think today's going to be a game where I think the bullpens will be big. But let me get to today for a second with Sonny Gray. The Yankees haven't shown a lot of confidence in him. That's why he's only pitching once in this series. They put the catcher in today to help him because he didn't connect well with Sanchez when they pitched last. But he's had a lot of time off. How will that impact him in your mind?
1: It'll impact him uh, in an adverse way if if in the first two innings he cannot slow the game down adrenaline-wise. I I think any time a pitcher misses two starts, meaning... He doesn't pitch in a game for 10-plus days. It can really be difficult when you're relying on the touch and feel of your routine. I know it happened to me 13, ga- 13 days between starts in a postseason, and I remember the first inning feeling like, wow, am I too strong. And that can be the a, 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 a byproduct of that rest. Now I know he's assimilated a game and some side things, but I would think that the first or second inning would be huge for him to know in confidence that I got the touch on my changeup. I'm not spiking my my power breaking ball, but I'm, I'm telling you, people are going to be I, I, to what you just said. This is a this is a great pitcher, and and he has not had much luck with the runs in the postseason period. I don't think he's been given a run, and then really for the time with the Yankees, he wasn't given many runs. And as a newcomer coming in, you try to pitch perfect, and if you always try to pitch perfect, and you're not given much run, it can snowball on you. So. I'm a big Sonny Gray fan. I think he's a, a, one of the best pitchers in the game uh, that um, just got traded and, and ran into a little bit of a you know a hiccup here or there. And uh, to your point, if the Yankees are going to get back in this series, I think Sonny Gray takes them a long way.
0: Yeah, and listen, I think the bullpen matchup would help the Yankees. I'm not in love with the Astro pen, especially if you compare it to the Yankee pen. I think the Yankees will do well against that pen. The thing is, I think the Yankees are going to have to figure out a way to dent the two great starters if they're going to win this series. So, I mean, I expect the Yankees to play well today. I'd be surprised if they don't, which will set up tomorrow, which would be wonderful. But still, you know, we'll see what the Astros can do today. Because let's be honest, the Astros haven't hit it all in this series.
1: No, they haven't. It's the thing no one's talking about because what, what gets the focus, and rightfully so, is the tremendous bullpen that Joe Girardi and the Yankees have. But their starters are the reason they're even here. Down 0-2 to Cleveland, their starters dominated their lineup, and their starters really, if you think about it, have dominated a good, uh, one of the best lineups in baseball. They only have 15
0: for... hits, John, in three yeah. games,
1: the Astros. Yeah, it's been a great job of making them expand the zone. This is the best team I've seen at not expanding the zone. They're just going them out. And they do a great job owning the strike zone. So that's the one thing that the Yankees have exposed. I thought CC did a nice job. And a and little out of character for the Astros lineup. They could have got even more walks than they did yesterday because they really don't. They don't strike out. They went from the worst in baseball the last couple of years to the best. That's a great transformation. No team since 1918 has been able to do that.
0: John, you know, uh, every time the Yankees uh, shut one of these teams down, they credit their advanced scouts and, and the scouting reports and how they pitched the things, and they did that the, in the Cleveland series. They do it all the time. How much does a guy with ability like yourself, is he aided or does he pitch to the scouting report?
1: Yeah, a combination of both. I think it's valuable, especially when you have like-minded type guys. Meaning, uh, it would do me no good uh, if I didn't put myself in the categories of, of the other pitchers that are kinda of like me. That's who I watch video wise. If I didn't watch my own self play against that team I'm pitching. So yeah, if you can get information, you gotta be able to credit that information with compatibility though. I mean it would be like saying, you know, Randy Johnson fastball and Keiko's, and comparing the two and making that that would not be good. That would not be good for Keiko because it's ninety seven versus 89-91. So if you can get matched up with with guys that throw similar stuff, and that that scouting report is going to go a long way.
0: Talking with John Smoltz, of course, who does the games, and uh, obviously one of the premier postseason pitchers of all time. Uh, as we get ready for a, a game number four this evening, uh, this afternoon at five, with McCullers uh, against Gray, and a game five tomorrow with uh, Tanaka home, where he pitches very well against uh, Keuchel, who is a Yankee uh, killer. D- do did the Yankees dent? the Astros' psyche with last night, or do they still feel very comfortable because they're up 2-1 knowing they got the big pitches uh, sitting there in games five and six? Well,
1: I, I can tell you this. Nobody wants to play a game seven, so you're playing with basically one game of, of uh, error if you're the Astros. You don't really want to play game seven. And, of course, the Yankees love to play a game seven if that be the case or if they win the rest of the like they did against us in 96, which I still can't get over, but that's another story. Uh, I, I, <laughs> still my favorite I, I,
0: series of all time. Still my yeah, favorite series. Well, it is because you beat the heck out of them so badly, and then the comeback games, the Layritz home run, your classic game with Andy, which was, you told me once the best game you ever pitched. Do you still stand by that? That was your best game you ever pitched?
1: Oh, 100%, under the circumstances. That was approaching my 300th year on a year. 96 was a dream come true. I was exhausted. From the first inning on, I had zero, nothing. And I basically, through the help of Tom and after each inning, you're tricking them, you're fooling them, keep doing it. And those are the kind of moments when you're a pitcher and you realize you really do have nothing, how do you get through the game? That's why I say it was one of the best games I've ever pitched, because it's easier to pitch a game when you're fresh and everything's working. It's harder against that lineup that made me throw, I think. they got through close to 140 pitches that game and uh matter of 142.
0: So is, That's unbelievable. I, I,
1: that, that, that game still reigns. I, I kind of laughed. I, I was in Houston in the lobby. The first person I saw was Jack Morris. We were doing a special. I said, oh, yep. okay, there's a one to nothing loss. Then at the yep. stadium, I saw Andy Pettit. I'm like, where are the other guys? Where are the other starting pitchers? Make me feel better. I see two
0: guys <laughs> in less
1: than five hours, and they're both one to nothing loss.
0: A, unbelievable games, two, two of the greatest games I've ever seen. Plus, you know, people talk about a loud stadium, the loudest Yankee Stadium, and I've been there thousands of times. Game six, Girardi triple against Maddox is the loudest I've ever heard of Yankee Stadium, and that includes Mickey Mantle day. That includes anything that night in '96. They shook the stadium down after that Girardi triple.
1: It, it was unbelievable. I used to tell people, people they say, what what's the what's the hardest place you can play in, or where is it? You know. And by by far it was Yankee Stadium back in the day because not only were you intimidated by their fans and they were on their feet all the time, when I was warming up to get ready for game one, there were professionals down there heckling you and do things that your mom didn't know. And I actually a couple times just laughed. I turned around going, wow, where did you get that and how did you know that? But, you know, this environment, at least for me in the Cleveland Indians series, Game three was as loud as I've heard it here at this stadium in quite some time, and it follows up with Game four. So maybe the fans obviously knew the desperation of what had to happen, and they were pretty loud. They were really loud here in the Indian Series.
0: I got to ask you one about uh, from my wife about your golf game for a second because she was reading a story about you recently, and we know what kind of golfer you are. You're, I mean, you're a scratch golfer. How much does your golf game suffer during these playoffs when you can, when you when you're busy working?
1: Very much so. Uh, when I get to October, I know I'm pretty much not going to play much. Uh, it is the time I love about baseball, and I do love what I'm doing here. But it it, it takes a while to recover once the season's over. Uh, I do find time. Though no, getting here in New York, I have played a couple great courses already, and I get time to go out there and play. Although, be it I, I don't travel. Have you with played my this club. week?
0: Have you played this week?
1: Yeah, I played Sunday. Played Sunday, about 27 holes, and. I played while we were in the Indians uh, series back here because the one good thing about coming here is I, I, I work for the network as well, I'm network and I keep my set of clubs at the network. So when I'm in New York, I've got access to clubs. Otherwise, And I just, John's,
0: a pl- John's a plus 1.7 if you want to know, folks. So, I mean, you're talking <laughs> about a great golfer. What's your favorite course up here?
1: There's so many. Can I just tell you, when I got to New York and I was a young player, I didn't leave the hotel. I was, I was nervous. I didn't know where to go. It was hard to go to and fro. And then next thing I know, there are so many great golf courses that I can't wait to get here. I mean, from uh, you so, name it, yeah, we, to, to, right. to uh, Hudson National, the Seatdale, yep. Garden City Club, Somerset yep. Hills. I could go on and on about the golf courses um, that, that are here in the city. And so once I learned about it, New York had i had the car services lined up i had all the members lined up and i played golf every single day during the year that i did not pitch a game in new york because it was so
0: good well a couple of places i play i know the guys used to always say we sneak those we sneak those brave pitches on here all the time so you know you guys you guys had pretty much carte blanche everywhere to play you know as you and you played in a group you madden's and you maddox and glavin played all the time together right
1: we did. I was the kind of golf concierge. I set it up. They just knew they needed to be in the lobby at a certain time. If they didn't show up, I set them up with a fine because if they told me the night before they were playing and then canceled in the morning, they had to pay a fine. Uh, but, no, it was so much fun, and, and we we've had so many nice people and so many great members. It, the early days was uh, not, not easy because I'd pick up the phone and call, hey, this is John Smoltz with Atlanta Braves, and I'd almost get a click, you know, when you're losing 100 games. But then once we started winning – it became a lot more fun, and uh, we ended up playing about 73 of the top 100 golf courses during the year, just the cities that baseball took us to.
0: That's unbelievable. We're talking with John Smoltz, of course. You see him on the national games, and obviously one of the great postseason pitchers ever. Um, CC, are you shocked to see him pitch this well? i got to admit I am, and I watch him all the time. I, I, he's pitched better in the postseason than I ever thought he could pitch.
1: Well, here's what I'm not shocked about because he's a great athlete, right? And when you're a good athlete and you pitch a long time like CC has, once you get accustomed to your new weapons and you don't, you can let go of what your old weapons were and you're not trying to rush it up there like some guys. Here's what I know. You're not going to see that today's style of pitching anymore. Guys who are blessed with what CC had, they're not given the opportunity to learn how to pitch. If they lose their fastball, you won't see them anymore. CeCe pitched long enough in a time where he knew how to pitch with his stuff. And once he got healthy with his meat, I said about a year and a half ago, I said, watch what this guy learns how to do. Just give him time. Everyone writes everyone off. They did the same thing with Verlander, actually, a couple of years ago, a year and a half, when he hit the or hit the skids. And I said, no, that doesn't work with guys like this who are good athletes, gifted mechanically. Once they get reconnected with it, they will know how to pitch with it. And he has not surprised me at all
0: you know what's the good lesson about you in the postseason having your success level and you take us through the game like you would attack each hitter and what you want to see the pitcher do with his repertoire which is fun to watch that being the case if you had a pitch to one of the one of the Astros in a tight spot is it the obvious Altuve or would it be somebody else that would scare you the most
1: well, Altuve was scaring the most only because if I had to rely on what I would do best and that's pitch out of the zone and, and a slider away, or he might get the barrel of the bat to it where other guys cannot. So the, the the nervousness of facing a guy like that is you really have to approach it. Like when he walks up to the plate, it better be 0-2 in your mind. If it's not, he's going to snatch that first pitch. So he's dangerous, wildly dangerous, but at the same time finds a way to connect with the ball. So the only times I've seen him look off balance is when he might be a little bit anxious and you can get literally a ball in the left-handed batter's box breaking, he
0: will swing at it. So wouldn't you wouldn't you feed him a ball on the first pitch he's going to swing anyway? He wants to swing so much on the first that's pitch. My,
1: that's my point, and, and that's what you would think everybody would do, but it's easier said than done because what he pre- provides and presents it's two different things, and first of all, it's a smaller strike zone, but he swings so much out of the strike zone and can get hits that way. So that's why it's got to be an 0-2 pitch, and an 0-2 pitch you typically wouldn't throw anywhere close to the plate. And when you think like that as a starter, you go, well, that's ball one. Who wants to go ball one all the time? And not necessarily so with Altuve. So
0: Interesting. He, How about the he Yankees? Definitely.
1: The Yankees, uh, for me, uh, it still comes down to when I look at their lineup, if guys do not expand the zone, then they're tougher to pitch to. And uh, right now, for the Yankees, I would not want to face Gardner with a runner on second or a runner on less than two outs. Would not. That's why he has been so difficult. I think he's got like 55 foul balls in this postseason. That just frustrates the heck out of a pitcher because you're making your pitches and you just, soon, just as soon get him out quicker. So if he can continue to do that, you know, I don't think he's been in too many situations that I just said like that where runners are on.
0: Not that lesson. many. Yeah. But when, so well, when he did it in the Indian series, it worked for him. I mean, even with two out, it did it. He had the classic at bat, twelve pitches, and got the hit. I mean, that was a big hit in that game. No question. Exactly right. It, yeah. Exactly Thanks very right. listen. I know you got to run. Thanks very much for your time, John. Very much appreciate it. My pleasure.